Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Two teams that haven't won a game in the Big 12 this year face off to see who could be the first to win one in the league this year. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting, action, and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Listen, new week, Cincinnati week, rivalry week, even though I guess we're not going to be playing Cincinnati every year anymore because I guess there's no, we we don't have a rival in the big 12, but we will talk about the schedule that got released yesterday for the next three years at the end of the show. Um, But again, you know, we're rough season. I think we've had enough days to kind of, you know, calm down a little bit, look at the big picture, say, listen, another week to potentially get a W. Um, We'll have some more news, actually, off topic, but more news on the hats coming soon. Obviously, you see me wearing it. Um, We are finalizing some stuff this week um, and should have some more news on that in the coming week or so. So if you're interested in the hats, that will be coming up. But as I welcome on Nick Geddes, Nick, I mean, it was one of our biggest rant episodes, I think, of the last year and a half. I, I really enjoyed the rant that we had. Um, a lot of people did too. A lot of people came into our comments and, and um, put a lot of great things and were really supportive of the rant, um, trying to you know make us feel better. But kind of how are you feeling days, a couple days after uh, what we experienced on Saturday? I'm at peace. I'm completely at peace. I needed that 40 minutes or whatever it was to – just get everything off my chest because there are times after a lot of games that we've seen where I go, man, I feel like going on a rant today. But then I try to remind myself that this is a, not to be so cliche here, but it is a process of where UCF is at and where they're going through. And so that's really stopped me from going on one of these tirades this season because I like to keep, I try to be as level-headed as possible. I think the fan in me that was a, just kind of really came out like, I, I tell you all the time, like, I go to these games and, like, you know, you are you go at it from, like, a fan perspective as, like, a diehard and you're into it. And I'm mostly sitting and, like, analyzing, right? I yeah. felt like this past weekend I flipped a little bit in my mindset. I became a fan. It felt like again. Um, and I think that was reflective on the, the last show that we did because I just want the program to see better days. But, you know, right now we're not in there, but... Again, the signs, the arrows, all that. There are point. There are parts of the program that are still pointing up, moving forward. Uh, so, the intention was not to paint a like super doom and gloom. I think 
So I just wanted to get that out there um, because there are parts of this program that are heading in the right direction and it's going to take time, as I've been saying. But just speaking to that game in particular, I think that's a lot of frustration that we needed to get out. But now we reset, we refocus, and here we go against our, I guess this is our rival, Cincinnati. The Big 12 doesn't think so. Uh, But so this is our rival, at least for one more year, (laughs) at least. So let's get ready for it. You know, I'll say this. I think we do a very good job of, you know, when we when we hit record on these podcasts and we come in, I think we do put a little bit of our analytical hats on and just, you know, yes, when I'm watching a football game, especially a team that I have been a fan of my entire life, there is a a flip that gets switched to be a fan. But I think when we turn, put record on this pod and, and put it out, you kind of put some of that to the side, most of it, if we're being honest. You have to look at it, especially UCF, from just a straight results on the field and, and how players play. Uh, so I think we do a really good job of that. Um, at least I've tried to, and I know you definitely do. But no, like you said, we've got Cincinnati this week. And listen, yeah, the Big 12 doesn't view, you know, I think there's only four only or four, eight yeah. teams. Yeah, there's only eight teams that will consistently play each other. Um, off the top of my head, it's Arizona, Arizona State, Kansas, Kansas State, BYU, Utah, uh, Utah, and then Baylor and TCU. Uh, those are the only teams that are going to play each other every given year. Um, now, granted, you know, I think we play Cincy three out of the four years, Colorado three out of the four years, Baylor, West Virginia three out of the four years, and Iowa State three out of the four years. So, I mean, I think that's the closest thing to a rivalry as you're going to get is probably Cincinnati and maybe Colorado, even though it's like, you know, I think just with the Dion, him being in Florida, the, the color scheme, I mean, it, it's kind of all there for a potential rivalry, especially since you're playing them three out of the four times. But this week is Cincinnati. And Cincinnati has struggled, Nick. I mean, just like us, if anything, you can make the argument they've struggled more than us. Uh, but it's actually very similar. When you go down and you look at their their schedule i mean credit to them they've beat a power five team in pittsburgh even though pittsburgh is absolute garbage this year uh they beat eastern kentucky and pittsburgh and they've lost six straight uh lost to miami of ohio which was kind of we were talking after the pittsburgh game nick and obviously we didn't know how bad pittsburgh was but i remember we were i think recording a pod and we're like oh since he just lost to miami of ohio in overtime and we're like the big 12 is just crazy you don't know what's going to happen on a given week Obviously, they lose to Oklahoma 20-6. to Wasn't that bad of a performance. Defensively played great. Offensively was awful. Lose to BYU by 8. Lose to, and now it's kind of gone a little downhill. Iowa State by 20. Lost to Baylor by only 3. Uh, so not too much you know, different than us. Even though, again, we should have won that game. And then they just got blown out by Oklahoma State uh, by, gosh, 32 points. Which... Granted, Oklahoma State, I think, is ranked 22 in the latest uh, college football playoff bracket. So, Nick, kind of give your take on Cincy. Obviously, it's been kind of very similar to UCF and how the season has gone, which I don't think any of us really expected. I think a lot of people expected UCF, UCF to be much better than Cincy. I think offensively, you can make that case. Defensively, definitely not. Cincy has been much better. But well, what have you seen out of Cincy? Not necessarily the last, the beginning season, it looked pretty decent for Cincy, even though they lost. But the last three weeks, what have you really seen out of 
Cincinnati. I know I don't even know if their quarterback is Emory Jones anymore, if we're being honest. Right. They uh it's not a good football team <clears throat> at all. Uh you just said at least their defense is a le- better than UCF and I I had pulled up the numbers, you know, ahead of the pod and I, I it's kind of interesting. Like <clears throat> do they do a much better than UCF does? A better job than UCF does at preventing yards and stuff like that? Yes. But games are one how many points you score and how many you give up. UCF is actually only averaging giving up one more point a game than Cincinnati, which I think is interesting. And Mm -hmm. if you go look at Cincinnati and their defense, because I think that's what they were kind of hanging their hat on. And But diving into it a little bit deeper, I mean, I think it's the Oklahoma game where that kind of came out because you held Oklahoma to 20. And up until that point, they had beat the brakes off of everybody. Obviously, Oklahoma's had some struggles the last two weeks with UCF and then losing Kansas. But I think that game kind of maybe put some false hope into that defense. I don't know how to really phrase it because I'm yeah. just looking at recently. They gave up 35 to BYU, 30 to Iowa State, 32 to Baylor, and 45 to Oklahoma State. And those are all the games since they gave up only 20 to Oklahoma. Iowa State, Baylor, and BYU are all, I think they make up three of the bottom four offenses and the entire Big 12. And they surrendered more than 30 to all three of them. And then obviously Oklahoma State, which has come on like crazy over the last four or five weeks. You just mentioned they got a top 25 ranking in the playoff. They put up a 45 burger on them. Ollie Gordon, who I still just, I, I mean, if he wants to sit out against UCF, that's fine with me. That'd be me. great. That'd be great. Um, but he ran all over them. So I don't know if the Cincinnati defense is as great as it was. It seemed like a team that, at least on that side of the ball, peaked early, and they hadn't been able to figure it out. And then offensively, they're just, I mean, they're dreadful. They're dreadful. Um, It it really has been tough sledding for them. Emory Jones, this just in, is not the answer. He wasn't the answer at Florida. He wasn't the answer at Arizona State. And he sure as hell is not the answer at Cincinnati. As much as I bang on John Rice Plumley like I did last week, this is a guy who also is playing in like his fifth year of college football, and he seems to have declined, if that's possible. So don't think much of him and what they can do on the offensive side of the football. I mean, they haven't even scored more than 30 points, Sean, since the first game of the season, and that was against Eastern Kentucky when they put up 66. They have not surpassed 30 points in a single game this season. So... I don't know. We're, we're going to get to predictions, you know, at the end of the show. But it's kind of funny. It's like all along the season, I've been saying, I think UCF's going to lose Cincinnati. I think, and I haven't been moving off of that. But now here we are for game week. And I think I'm moving off of that. I know that sounds you so know, it's cl- funny. I think that sounds so clown of me. I hate that. But like, if you were to ask me, like, how does Cincinnati win the football game? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I guess it'll be UCF having to kill themselves again. To let to have Cincinnati win because I think they're actually in much worse shape than UCF is. See, you're funny because literally I'm gonna let the fans in on it. You know, at the end of the game, we're walking to the car last week, and you're like, "I'm not picking UCF to win any other game. <laughs> I'm not picking them to win any other game. Cincinnati, forget about it. That's a loss. That's a loss. I don't care how bad they are. That's a loss. And now we get like three days later, and you look at the stats, and you're like. Wow, they're actually pretty bad. At least UCF puts up thirty points a game or something like I, that. I hate it. It's like I said, like, like, like how many times can we continue to pick UCF and then it like it doesn't happen? I'm like, I, I even said to myself, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. 
Like I'm, and then here I am four I'm days done. later now that I've sat on it and I've been more level headed and the emotions taken out of it. I'm like, okay, like they should beat Cincinnati. Like, yeah. Even going back to like, the, I know cha- teams change year in and year out, but they beat the Cincinnati team last year. Now it wasn't exactly convincing. It came down to the wire, but they were the better team on the field that day UCF was. And Cincinnati is a, is a far worse team this year than they were last year. And UCF is probably around the same, to be honest with you. Maybe a tick backward. I don't know. Schedule, I'm sure, comes to play in that. But I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I look into this and I don't, I don't particularly love anything about this Cincinnati team. I mean, listen, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, no, the team's not good. I mean, we've looked at that. Emory Jones is not it. I don't think we're going to see him this week. I think he got benched last game. Um, I have to find the stats for the Oklahoma State game. I think it was Brady Leichtenberg or something who kind of took over. Um, But if you look at the strength of schedule, now I am not going to, we're not getting into that conversation because I know there's something floating around online that UCF has the sixth toughest strength of schedule in the entire country. Now, with that being said. According to the playoff, Sean, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma, I think they're all ranked 21, 22, 23, respectively. Yep. And then you've played... Oklahoma, Oklahoma as well, which was ranked what nine, ninth, I believe, and then yeah. West Virginia's five and three, if I have yep. that right. I'm not sure what Boise is now. Yeah. I've completely taken that out of my. I think they're four and four. Yeah, whatever. Four and four. So they haven't really played. What Baylor? I think is still under 500. That might be the only under 500 team outside of the two cupcakes they've played. So yeah, I guess if you want to go by the metrics, that might be true. I mean, compared to Cincinnati's schedule, and again, the, we've noticed the Big 12 schedule is just a gauntlet. Like, at the end of the day, you played Kansas State, and Kansas State, you know, has come on a little bit as of late. Will Howard's kind of making his stamp on that team. Well, they, they went to the, yeah. uh, the the freshman. The freshman has changed that team offensively. Yeah, but I think Will Howard's been playing, right? Will Howard's I, been I believe starter. he's been playing, but they've started to like use... Uh, his name is escaping me right now. Avery Johnson. Avery, Avery Johnson. Johnson. They've started to yeah. use him a little bit more. Well, and that's why I think, ultimately, Will Howard might transfer at the end of the year. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. But when you look at strength of schedule, Nick, you know, I'm not going to say UCF has had number, the sixth in the country. I know that's somewhere, I think, on ESPN, FPI, or whatever. But if you look at Cincinnati's compared to us, they played Oklahoma, right? That was at at Cincinnati, so it's not like they had to go to Norman. So we had the tougher game there. Pittsburgh is garbage. I mean, I think anybody that plays Pittsburgh this year probably beats Pittsburgh. Unless you BYU's a tough. I mean, yes, exactly. Um, BYU is a little bit of a tough matchup, but again, first year team versus first year team. Tough Iowa place to State's play. better. Yeah, I know it is tough. Um, Iowa State, they're five and three, so that's I mean, I guess comparable to you know, West Virginia for us. Then they lost to Baylor and then they played Oklahoma state similar, maybe, but also if you look at just schedule alone, UCF has had a, the tougher matchups, having to go to Kansas state, having to go to Kansas playing at Oklahoma. So like you listen, they both haven't won a game in the big 12. We could sit here and make excuses all day in the world. But when you look at the strength of schedule, UCF has had the tougher road, they're three and five with a tougher schedule. And on top of that, if you would have told me UCF played, 
if the four teams we played in the first eight would have been ranked by midseason, I would have told you, yeah, probably UCF's not coming on top most of those games. So when you look at Cincinnati, Nick, and you look, obviously, Scott Satterfield, right? We could talk about how Gus hasn't beat him in two years, the previous two years. Now, granted, I think UCF outplayed most of those Scott Satterfield teams, and it was just execution at the end of the day. But when you look at execution this year, Nick, UCF hasn't executed well at all. So what is it that UCF, how can we have the confidence this week, knowing that they don't execute, to say they're going to be able to beat a Cincinnati team that they should beat? This is the game that you should win. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of like the difference. Like, like we went into the Baylor game and the West Virginia game, and I think both of us might have tried to talk ourselves into it of, okay, you should probably win this game. But at the same time except the fact that those teams probably across the board are mm, i don't not baylor west virginia yeah baylor no i was gonna say physical maybe i because i i know you said on the last pod you know people talk about the offensive line the defensive line. i do actually see the difference it does stick yeah. out to me um and i think that's part of the reason why i thought yourself was going to struggle because i think they've got to get better like they have some players that i think like Josh Elazar is an example. I haven't heard his name much lately. And he was UCF's like best defensive lineman last year, or at least one of them. Not really doing much right now. Like there's some players that I think that are traveling on this UCF team that just are not equipped for this level. I think that's a fair assessment. Whereas some of these other teams, they have those guys. And it's just the little things like that that make a difference in these games. So now you're actually going up against a true opponent that played in your conference last year that you did beat last year and I don't think has nearly as much talent as you. Like, there's just, there's the, the talent on both these teams I don't think is even comparable. I think mm-hmm. UCF absolutely outweighs them there. So it's a kind of a long way of, of saying in regards to games that you should win – this is a game you absolutely should win. And if you don't, it's pretty telling of where you are. Like, because again, go look at the schedule and look, just focus on the, the five the five games. I mean, it's a blow, the blowout lot or the, the loss you blew against Baylor obviously hurts, but you had that control that game for three quarters. West Virginia, we talked about it, four turnovers, you're never going to win. The other three games in there, and they put up a great fight against Oklahoma, I think we expected them to lose those games. Right? Yeah. So this one's a little bit different. This one's a little bit different. It, it, this is absolutely a team that you should put away. Well, let's look at the team that we should put away. Obviously, we kind of talked about the quarterback a little bit. Emory Jones, I don't think he's going to start this week. If he does, I, if he does, I would be shocked. I There's mean, no last week he it. was. No, it's, you might as well start uh, Leichenberg, the, the quarterback there. He's a uh, sophomore. I mean, clearly can run the football. Had a solid game last week. I mean, obviously they didn't throw with him too much. Five of nine for 48 yards and a touchdown. But Emory Jones was six of 16, 117 passing yards, one interception for a QBR of 10.1. I mean, at some point, I think they've kind of gotten to that point. They're two and six. He's been awful. And also, Nick, Cincinnati, it literally is like UCF 
when you're looking at what they try to do. They want to run the football. They want to run it down your throat. Cincinnati is a good running the football team. I mean, they have Miles Montgomery. He came back from last year. Uh, He had eight carries for 90 yards and a touchdown against Oklahoma State. They ran 50 times for 277 last week and a touchdown. So if that tells you anything, they they try to run the ball a lot. They do a lot of sweeps with the wide receivers to try to get them the ball. So again, it doesn't stop. Like... People watch UCF. They know they can't stop the run. You're now coming up. And listen, last year, you played Cincinnati. And I think they played Cincinnati's run game last year really well. So now you're coming in this week where you haven't been able to stop the run at all. And it doesn't stop. So, again, I, I hate. I feel like we're a broken record here. But, Nick, when you're, you know the team's going to run the ball. When you know Cincinnati's going to come in and just listen. We don't know who Cincinnati quarterback is going to be. It's probably going to be Brady. They're going to run the football. You know they're going to run the football. At this point, like we've been saying for weeks, there's not much you can change at this point. You could change scheme. You can change players. But at the end of the day, you are what you are. And if you can't stop the run and you've proven that, who's to say that we won't be able to do that this week and it's going to be a shootout? Who's to say that? I mean, uh Listen, we haven't got to really see much of Brady uh, Lichtenberg. So, I mean, that kind of, it's like he's kind of like the wild card, I guess, in this whole equation. I mean, I saw he came into that game against Oklahoma State where they were lifeless and they immediately, when he when he was in there, they went down the field and scored. So, I mean, you have that to go off of. I know a lot of Cincinnati yeah. fans are kind of calling for him. I went back and looked and Satterfield said that he could, he didn't like commit to anybody. He just said, I could foresee uh, Lichtenberg playing, getting some time this week, which... You know, I think that's a vague way of saying he's going to he's he's probably going to start. start. He's probably going to start. So I don't know. I don't know how much different the offense is going to look like with him in there. I think it may be fair to say that he's probably a more well-rounded passer than Emory is. And again, that's not saying much because Emory is just you just mentioned it six for 16 against Oklahoma State. And he's had some clunkers like that really his entire college career, but especially this season for Cincinnati. Um so unless there's just something there with with him, Lichtenberg, that is, that is going to like surprise me, and Scott Satterfield and that coaching staff has completely missed the boat on the quarterback situation, and they've been hiding a good one from us, I don't foresee them getting into a shootout with UCF. Like, again, unless UCF continues to shoot themselves in the foot, which is possible, possible. given off what we've seen lately, I don't know if it got into that type of game if they could keep up. Again, because UCF's moved the ball on everybody. I mean, they have the number one offense in the Big 12, for what that's worth. Top six, I think, in the entire country going into this one. We know they're going to move the ball. They moved the ball on Oklahoma. They moved the ball on Baylor. They moved the ball on West Virginia. They moved the ball on Kansas State. Like, they've done it against everybody and far superior teams than Cincinnati. And now this Cincinnati team, like I said, this is the first team that you're going to play that I think you truly out-talent them across the board for the most part. So if it gets into that type of game, again, unless this kid's got something different that I haven't seen, I don't see if they can keep up in that type of game. Now maybe, maybe shootout was the wrong word because yeah, he is the, the factor. Like if he comes out and is just lights out, then or yeah, they just run it down and be... they run it down your throat and we can't stop it 
and time of yeah. possession as they got kind of lopsided in West Virginia because they did the same. I mean, the blueprint's there. If you want to beat the UCF team. Hold the ball and score in the red zone. <laughs> right. The, the blueprint's there. And I'm not saying Cincinnati can't use that blueprint because they have a really good running game. But I don't know. I, I just, I don't see that path. No. And I mean... <laughs> It, it you are right ultimately and you know Cincy fans I'm sure will be watching this video and Cincy fans will probably say like how you how are you going to say that you out talent us when you, we literally have the same record and haven't won a game in the Big 12 that's accurate I mean I do think that defense is better than they put on film the last couple weeks and I also think Nick let's be honest here I think both these teams are going to really get up for this game and I, I like not saying it wasn't beforehand but if I'm Cincinnati, I'm two and six. You're playing an opponent you've played the last couple of years. It was a close game last year. You're at home. This is like the first time I think both teams in the last for a while have felt like, listen, we're going to go out. We can win this game. Like we can get our first win right here. Like we can beat these guys. So that's the defining factor where, hey, listen, that defense might not have been playing well the last three weeks, four weeks. But hell, they might wake up on Saturday feeling real good about themselves because in their head, they're playing a team that they think or they know that they can beat. Yeah, that, that's part of the reason why, like, all season long, I I circled this game as a as a loss where I think a lot of UCF fans have been pretty confident they'll get one against Sensi, and it had to do with everything you just said right there. It is a rivalry game. They're going to, you would assume, wake up for this one. I would assume the crowd's going to be ready for this one. It's at Nippert. Uh, that hasn't been exactly a, a kind place for UCF to play the no. last few times they've seen them there. So that's the part of, that's the part in me that that's the second part of this game. Like throw the stats out of the window, throw everything else I've seen out the window. When it comes to a rivalry game, it truly is anything can happen and anybody can win. And listen, there's a lot of teams across college football right now that are slipping up against inferior competition. I mean, uh, North Carolina, back-to-back weeks against inferior competition had a slip up, right? Uh, we saw Miami have to go to overtime to beat Virginia, right? And those teams are flawed, but less flawed than what UCF is. So, like, I'm not, proje- I'm not projecting – let me get that straight. I'm not projecting UCF to go out there and completely just – beat the brakes off of Cincinnati and it's going to be a three touchdown win. I am not going there. I'm not going there. I'm just saying that there is two parts of this game. And I'm glad you brought that one up is the numbers tell you that UCF should win this game. The players on this roster and their roster tell you that UCF should win this game, but the rivalry uh, factor and the fact that it's in Nippert and they should be up for it might tell a different story of how close this game is going to be. And that's why you really, like, you will figure out who UCF is in this game. Like, because at the end of the day, since he's going to be ready, I mean, they're two and six. It's been six straight weeks. I go, I know it's been five straight weeks for UCF. Since he's got a bunch to gain in this one. Right. Like, ultimately, they've switched their quarterback, right? It's their first year head coach. Not a lot of wins on the schedule. Just got blown out last week to Oklahoma State, which... I mean, UCF didn't get necessarily blown out, but it wasn't close at the end of it. It was a three-point game heading into the fourth quarter. So, since he is going to wake up for the game, and this is really going to show the coaching staff that everybody wants to talk bad on and talk down on, can they get these guys ready to go play? Now, they got them ready for Oklahoma. That was a road game. 
I think we're starting to see that Oklahoma is beatable. They're not this like, you, they can't just prove that, right? Now you're going into this week where you're going on the road. I don't know how packed it's going to be. I don't know if since he's been packing that stadium out, especially now that they're two and six. I, I haven't seen any Cincinnati games the last couple weeks. I watched the Oklahoma game, and that's where I was really impressed with the defense. But as you said, Nick, the last couple weeks has kind of fallen off. A lot of Cincy fans are already calling for Scott Satterfield's head, which, granted, that's college football 101. It's it's calling for your head coach when you're not happy with, with the job happening in that given time, which, again, I think no coach would be able to come in and hold the standard that Luke Fickle was was holding. But we also haven't talked about that, Nick, a little bit. Let's talk about that. Obviously, Scott Satterfield and Gus have played each other the last two years. Scott, Scott Satterfield has come out and won both of those games. I think me and you could both say we looked at those games, and if you look at the entire game, UCF outplayed the team basically the entire game. The, the game last year was weird. The Louisville game last year was, I think, two touchdowns got called back for penalties that were questionable. But at the end of the day, a win's a win, and Scott Satterfield has beat UCF last two years. When a coach, when coaches know each other that good, which is normally what happens in a conference that you're in, what's the difference when that coach leaves, heads to a different program that also knows you very well, but maybe, I mean, he's won the games, whereas we've lost to, to Louisville and beat Cincinnati. So, what kind of impact will Scott Satterfield have on the field this weekend? Obviously not playing, but what do you think he can get Cincinnati to do well uh, to finally get a win this week? I mean, I'm sure there's certain things that you can take away from those those games because, I mean, the system that UCF's running doesn't change much. They got a good look at John Rice Plumley, or he got a good look at John Rice Plumley last year, so I'm sure there's some things you can do, but... And not saying those Louisville teams were much to write home about. It's definitely not the version of Louisville we've seen this year now that Satterfield's not there. Um, I, but yeah, he just doesn't, I don't think he has the same team there. So it's like, it's one thing for you to go and look at what you did before and be successful, but you got to have the, the players at your disposal to do that. So yeah. I'm, I mean, I, it's one of those things where like, I haven't put much stock into. I think it's a nice little fact to bring up and, you know, one of those lower tier type storyline things of, oh, Gus has gotten beat by Scott Satterfield two years in a row. But it's a different program. It's a different season. It's a different team, different players, all those things. So I personally haven't put much stock into that so far. I just wanted to get that out there in case, God forbid, UCF lost the game. UCF fans wouldn't go on Twitter and be like, Scott Satterfield has Gus's number and which, I mean, I, mean, who, I who guess knows? you can't make I mean, that argument. You can make that argument if he wins again. I mean, you could make that argument. But at the end of the day, these are two below-average teams. One's, you know, so it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a rough time. It's a rough way to look at the game. But it could be a factor. Who knows? All right, let's go into some predictions. Not too long of an episode. We're going to keep it at 30 minutes because at the end of the day... We need to see we need to see some wins before we go into forty five minute episodes again. Let's let's keep it to thirty. <laughs> is, that all right? how, is that how it works? Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. We we get excited, we talk longer, we we're nervous and just you know kind of iffy about a game. We're just like a uh, thirty minutes. Let's get it out. Um, how do you see this game going? Obviously, again, having to travel to Cincy. To UCF's credit, they've played well on the road. I mean, if you look at all yeah. the road games besides Boise, because Boise that oh, was just Kansas, a weird game. they. 
pretty much throttled. Yeah, that's also true. But, you know, Kansas State, they played well. Oklahoma, they played well. Seems like they've been playing hell better on the road than at home the last four weeks. Uh, kind of give your take on this game and, and how you uh, foresee it taking place and ending up. Yeah, it's a, it's a game you got to have. Um, and I think we kind of said that last week, too. We're sounding, starting to sound like a broken record, but... If the goal is to hopefully get to the end of the season and somehow you're six and six, you cannot put yourself in this situation where you have to win out because they they will not do it. Um, I think that's abundantly clear. So some might tell you this is the first true game that you have the advantage across the board, it seems like. I mean, defensively, would I trust Cincinnati's defense over UCF's? Probably, but it might not be as lopsided as we thought based on recent performances. Again, but that's not saying much. I think UCF has the offensive advantage going to this one by a lot. Um, they're going to be able to move the ball because nobody else has been really able to stop them. UCF has been the, the team that stopped themselves. So with that all being said, I'm going to go, and again, I hate doing this because I like sticking to my guns, but I'm going to go UCF winning this game. And, but I'm going to be, I'm going to have a modest scoreline. I'm going to go UCF 30. I think they'll get to 30. And I'll say Cincinnati 21. I'll go 30 to 21. But it could be tighter than that. It could. So I'll say I didn't have a score prediction, which I know we usually don't. But I think the last couple of weeks I've come in fairly confident about the way I was leaning and the score I was leaning towards. This one I've been fairly confident just because I think Cincinnati has been so bad where there hasn't been many bright spots that I think UCF in a five-week losing streak can really come in and, and try and take advantage of it. Say, listen, let we beat them last year with, you know, Mikey Keene, in my opinion, is not a backup, but our backup last year in Mikey Keene. John Rice played really well when he was out there um, before he got concussed. But this is ba- this is the game that will tell you how UCF will finish, ultimately. I know the Oklahoma State game we're all like dreading right now. But ultimately, this is the game that you could say, is there a chance to make a bowl game? Is there a slimmer of a chance? Because, again, you can look at Texas Tech and Houston and say, listen, those are games that UCF could win. Oklahoma State, you might as well just throw it in the garbage, all right? Could UCF finish the season strong, finish with three wins? This is the game that starts it, right? Now, if you here's the thing. If you go out and win, but you like you don't win really, you look kind of sluggish, you look slow, you kind of win just because you're just better at the end of the day, then I think you know how you're going to end this season. Like you're, You know how you're going to end the last three games. But if you go out and you make a decisive victory, and even... I would say 10 plus points is somewhat decisive. If you just go out and you just, you are beating them from jump until the final whistle, you can look at the rest of the season and say, they have a shot to win two out of their last three. They have a shot. So I think I agree with you, Nick. Listen, UCF has moved the ball on every single team they played. It's can they not turn over the football? Can they not commit as many penalties as they have in previous weeks, right? I don't see them turning the ball over here. I think they're going to really, if anything, just try to run all over Cincinnati. I don't think there's going to be a lot of um, trying to force the pass. I'm going to say 35 to 24. 
I think that's about 11 points. I would be, if UCF doesn't get to 35 points this game, you know what, I'm I, I'm not going to say I would be shocked because nothing has shocked me this year at this point. We're at that point. But I'm going to say 35-24. And hopefully the Knights can pull it out. I mean, if they don't pull out this one, it's a it, you, then you really, I mean, you have a chance to go 3-9 and nine here. And then yeah. that's a, that's nah, a rough look. That's yeah. a rough look. I will just say I think this is an, you know in a weird way this is a measure a measuring stick game, and I we usually say that when we're talking about going against teams that we think are are better than us. I think that's usually when that term kind of comes out. But okay, I've seen them now play five true Big Twelve teams that have been in this conference for forever, whatever it is, and I've seen how they've matched up. And outside of the Kansas game, I don't think they were completely overwhelmed. Because they had moments in every other game where they were right there, and then it's the fine details that kind of killed them. This, I say, is a measuring stick game because this is going to tell me, and you kind of mentioned it, if you're sluggish, if you're kind of going, if it's just very tight between these two game, two teams, it's going to tell me, is this team one tier ahead of the teams that they came into this conference with? Like, can we say that? Like, can I, can I, can I put it on a, can I stamp it down and say, okay, UCF is best, is the best of the new AAC teams that came in here, right? Or is it going to look very comparable out there, these two teams? And then I'm going to be saying, okay, they're on this level and this is what they are, at least for the first year, and you have to move on. I think that's where I I say this is kind of a measuring stick game, at least for me, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and if you really think about it, I mean, yeah, like last year, Cincinnati was our second biggest game of the year. At the time, it was our first biggest game before Tulane. Now, this year, it's like bottom of the list when it comes to, well, it, it's Houston, so It's like, weird, isn't it? Like Cincinnati was that team, and it was like last year where it's like, you weren't like overly confident. You were like, because Cincinnati could definitely beat us. And now yeah. it's like, you look at the schedule this year and everything we've seen, we're almost like, oh, thank goodness we get to actually see Cincinnati. Yeah, we get it's, Cincinnati. It's, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird how like that mentality has shifted. Oh, it messes with your mind. I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, we're talking about Cincinnati. Like last year, I remember we, we went to that game and it was almost like your heart would drop because you feel like you're playing, again, you're playing one of the top teams in the American. And now it's it's just different you're in the power five and cincinnati is right there with you with there hasn't even been much trash talk i think it's mostly just like yeah we both suck we can't really trash talk it's like <laughs> right whoever whoever wins it's like good job the, the other one just sucks more it's like it, it's it's so weird before we get out of here let's quickly quickly talk about schedule next year uh <laughs> love the home games nick i'm really loving the home games i mean you get i'm trying to find the away games because they posted that, but uh, at home, you get Arizona, BYU, Cincinnati, Colorado, and Utah. And then on the road, you get Arizona State, Iowa State, TCU, and West Virginia. I mean, for Big 12, I mean, Colorado coming to Orlando in the first year, I love that. That will be sold out regardless. I mean, we sell out games anyway, Boy, but that, that might look like UCF and Memphis from a few years ago. <laughs> the way those two uh, potentially look right now. Yeah. If, if they're basically the same, I mean, defensively, that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, but no, I mean, and then in the out of conference schedule, I think you get New Hampshire. Um, I forgot the other ones, uh, 
Sam Houston, I think Florida. it is. Florida. And Florida. Quickly give your thoughts. I my thoughts quickly are that's a tough schedule. I mean, there is I know this season was tough, but I mean, you get you don't get a Boise State, you get a Florida at Florida. And then yeah, you get five home games in the Big 12, which is nice, but two of them are against, you know, Utah's a top 25 team. Arizona's way more improved. Arizona is not an easy out. Arizona is a really good football team. BYU's the best of the newcomers in the four. Yeah, you get Cincinnati. And then Colorado can put up points. We'll see if Shador Sanders comes back. Probably not. Arizona State looks much better. Iowa State's five and three. TCU, I mean, they've been a little sluggish, but they're also just, I mean, pretty good. And then West Virginia's five and three. So what are your takes on the schedule for next year? I mean, for what it's worth, I mean... Like, I think if I, like I did the math prop, I think they only have to leave the state of Florida those four times. Yep. Uh, the entire year. So, and the only West trip, West Coast trip really is going to be Arizona State. So, I think that is a plus at least. I mean, you limit the amount of times you can travel. I mean, theoretically, it sounds good. You know, I only yep. got to play four games out of the state. So, uh, I think that's good. Uh, Colorado is going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Utah's coming in. Um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and circle that one as a put an L next to it, and mostly who knows it, whoever our quarterback is. Who knows? Yeah, well, you know, Sean, I'm only saying that because Utah. I'm on. I am under the impression that going forward with Oklahoma and Texas out of the conference, Utah is going to be the big dog in this conference. Early, yeah, they Early, are yes. absolutely. As long as Kyle Whittingham is there, I that dude is. He might be like. I was almost going to say pound for pound, but it doesn't really apply here. I don't know how to put it. Program for program. I don't know. He, he's a, he might be like a top seven coach, like truly in all of college football. Like he's been there. It feels like forever and they are always prepared. I know they got the, the breaks beat off of them by Oregon, obviously this past week, but for the most part, they're in every game or people count them out and they always have a solid team. They're always ranked around, at least in that top 20 every single season. I think they're going to be the big dog of the conference. I don't think that's going to change much next year, especially since Rising's got another year. So, oh, yeah, no, they're going to, yeah, I think they might even be a better team next year. So, uh, that one's going to be a toughie. But listen, I like you get a big time opponent coming into your own stadium. I think that's fun. Because we haven't really had yeah. many of those. I mean, in all in all fairness to the conference or the schedule we've had this year in the Big Twelve, and we haven't beat any of these teams, so I'm not trying to say it like a disrespect. But Utah's a step up from these teams, so yeah. that's gonna be fun. Like you said, Arizona's overachieving this year, and they're on the right trajectory. BYU, they're always gonna be there, so it's a fun little fun little schedule to look at. And the Florida game, you know, we can't wait for that one. Obviously, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not getting too much into it, but yeah, we'll a lot of UCF fans are going to be going to uh, that stadium that game. All right, uh, we'll talk more. You know, once the schedule gets put out with the official dates and you know how it all shapes up, we'll obviously bring our schedule breakdown and all that. But that won't be coming for a couple months, so uh, we will be doing that when that comes out. But hopefully, UCF can get uh, a win. <laughs> On Saturday, I think it's much needed for everybody, Nick. It's needed for our mental sanity. I mean, I'm kind of tired of doing losing podcasts. Uh, I need a win. Uh, so 
Let's see what happens. We're on, I'm on I'm on like a combined. You're almost in the same boat, Sean. It's like our NFL teams. I'm a Bucks fan. You're a Patriots Suck. fan. We know nothing but pain there. And then UCF get we we just get we keep getting hit with these double whammies every single weekend. Oh, and it's not even that, dude. Like, okay, the Magic started off strong. Now they've lost two straight. So, like, I haven't got a win in maybe a week and a half. I'm You're like, dying. every game You're I want, I, I'm, I'm down bad. I'm like, I need a, I need a win versus Cincinnati. Like, I need it well, for me. Know, like just said, for me. Like we said last week or whatever it was, you know, let's, let's go cheer on that, that men's soccer team if we want to see some wins. They lost. And boy, they did lose. You, That's right. They lost. <laughs> The number one ranking that did not last. It's nothing, no happiness right now. Every everything is dark. Everything is bleak. Maybe it was because it was Halloween and October is just rough. Now we're in Thanksgiving. Be thankful for what you for the wins that we receive in in November, Christmas. Technically, it's Christmas, so gift us some wins for again our mental sanity. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Charge On. We appreciate you guys. As always, please like, subscribe, subscribe, comment, share. Do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. And hopefully the boys can go get a dub in Nippert on Saturday. All right, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.